everyone and welcome back to another True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It's episode 125 today and for a moment this week we thought we'd have more people on our panel than Boris Johnson's got in his cabinet, uh, but not quite. Let's meet our wonderful ministers today. We've got uh, Daniel Harrison in the house, Chris Leyland's here and Mark Henderson as well. Morning everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Hello, Special shout out as well in a brand new feature that I've just thought of to our super fan of the week and this week's shout out goes to David Regan, our inaugural uh, True Potential, Do More With Your Money podcast, super fan. We know you're watching, David, because you always do. Uh, we love your comments, and uh, we love you too. So uh, keep on watching and spread the good word. Uh, as a little treat for you, David, by the way, I should say, is one of our most uh, regular yeah, I've recognized David. Yeah. fans yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and listeners Excellent. and commenters as well on the, on the podcast. So... Uh, uh, does he uh, win a prize? He does, and yeah. it's going to be... You, you, you read the script. Uh, I'd like to... <laughs> 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 yes. um, Graham, come here. Stand, come yes. and stand behind me. This is Gra- Graham from behind the scenes. Well, on camera two. On camera two. Uh, sporting the, the, well, he says, he says, the beautiful true potential gilet that none of us have come serious for a very serious episode this week. But Graham's got this. Uh, uh, and uh, we're going to, we'd like to send you one of these, David. So all you've got to do is get in touch with us uh, through your app or however you would get in touch with us normally uh, and let us have your details and we'll send you one of those in the post. You're quite nervous, Graham, there. I am. Yeah. So you feel like down the, the power of the See that camera staring at you now. Yeah. Yeah. Come and join us, Graham. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you know your badge? I have yeah. a few things to say about Boris. Maybe I should. <laughs> so this job. badge means I'm like the number one employee of the year. Yeah. I'm rewarded from the chief executive. Yeah. Can, 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 we, can we get a podcast superfan badge made up? I think we probably could then. We probably can. Do you think? We'll ask the marketing team. Yeah, that's right. Do we know any of them? We'll see what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> what Sarah Mason can put together for us. She told me to roll my sleeves. Yeah. I didn't get time for All right, Graham, get off the stage. Right? <laughs> 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 you, know, you, want, you can have five minutes of fame, not 55 minutes. Uh, you see, you let them loose and this is what happens. Uh, right, never a dull week in British politics. Uh, we'll get into some of that in just a second. But Chris... Um, this has been brewing for, I think it's fair to say, a little while. So did the markets take it in their stride or, or what happened? How did they react to this? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually. The markets, they basically took it in their stride, exactly what you said. So yeah. what you find with these kind of events is it really plays through currency markets first. So what you saw is, is a really slight move in sterling versus the dollar. So it went from 120 down to 119. And then yesterday when it went back up, so it went back up to 120. I think for me... In some ways, you saw a bit of a a change in narrative around what investors were thinking. So I think earlier in the week, there was some nervousness around the fact that the UK government was obviously in turmoil. But then yesterday, I think a lot of investors were maybe thinking, well, actually, do you know what? We want some a prime minister, maybe a little bit more dependable in some ways. So actually, you saw more of a a, a positive spin come out of that. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, you know, this may seem a little bit weird for the, the people who are sitting at home and thinking about what's happening in government right now, but the reality is it, it's had very little effect at all. Does it you impact know? world markets, Chris? Does it? No. Absolutely not. You know, I think if we look at how we're invested, the true potential portfolio proposition, you know, the reality is that's invested throughout the world. Yeah. And, you know, it just doesn't impact it in any way. Does it's it the, ever? I mean, is it, is it just because we've been known this is coming for a while that it hasn't? Or in previous... You know, when previous governments have changed, has that impacted markets or does it never really cause much? The reality is, is that, you know, the UK is a, well, if you think of of world equities, the UK is what, 11% of that overall. Mm. So in that sense, unless you saw a very significant change in government where you went from maybe a very left field prime minister came in, something like that. Yeah. I think then that could affect 
certainly UK markets, UK mm. currency markets in particular, mm. I don't think it would affect global markets. You know, you just don't, you don't really see that. Yeah, there's other bigger things uh, in That's play it. at the moment, yeah, Peter. Yeah. You know, as, as we've discussed on various podcasts, uh, interest rates going up globally. Yeah, you know that the. the Governors of central banks can have more effect on the markets than a, a yeah. prime minister resigning. Mm. Absolutely. Well, on that point, uh, I mean, we can talk about the process. Um, well, we can talk about it now, which is that you know, the next week there'll be a the, the beauty parade. Will the, the timetable for that will will officially begin? I mean, obviously, there's a couple of candidates yeah. already out there now, so it kind of already has begun in an unofficial way. Uh, but you know, probably in a couple of months' time, there'll be a new government. But what's going to happen, Mark? To your point, is clearly. What you're going to probably find is that all of the candidates will, will if you like, go move to the right a bit. So we're going to see more promises of tax cuts and this sort of thing. And that'll be their pitch to, uh, to, to, the, to the party, I guess, in the first instance. Is that going to be good for markets? I mean, you talked about you know inflation and interest rates. If we are going to see all candidates agreeing that we need to reduce reduce the tax burden on businesses, on individuals, is that good for markets? I think it could on on, on markets because it'll increase the attractiveness of the, of the UK as a place to base your business. Yeah, um, it's it's just a strange one, though, isn't it? You know, if a football manager resigns, he doesn't get the job of head coach the very next day. He's <laughs> gone, and this is the strange one about the situation yeah. that we're in at the moment. That we're going to have this this period, Peter, where mm. it, it Boris is still. The, yep. the Prime Minister, he's just got a, a, a new cabinet in there. Mm. So w- will it affect markets? Probably very, very little mm. because you've got the same, you've got the same Conservative mm. government. Yeah. As Chris said before there, yeah. if we're going into a different type of regime, mm. that, that might have more of an effect. Well, it, it may end up being a different type of regime in a few months' time, you know, to try to, I mean, obviously the lost supports um, among in in in, in itself and and, in the, and obviously in the wider wider party members, hence why we're in this position. So they're going to have to move one way or the other, and it seems to be moving, as I say, more to the right. From, Daniel, from a business point of view, you know there was this part of what I think is done for for Boris and his team is things like this planned rise in corporation tax. Yeah, but that looks like <clears> and Nadim Zahawi's already said that or, or indicated that probably gets reversed. So from as a business owner and a business leader. I think. Are we going to end up in a better place? Are you? Are you sort of? I, I would certainly optimistic? hope so, Peter. This is a, a common theme. Something we talked about just two, three weeks ago in the, the last podcast, mm. which is what we've been missing with government, and particularly this government, is actually some some clear direction about what they stand for. Yeah. So if you if you look back at their manifesto, they got they got voted in. And we'll have to remember, and we can get into some of this as we discuss maybe what Johnson stood for and what have you. He was, he was a guy, he brought in the largest majority, and you know, majority of 80 seats, mm-hmm. um, largest majority in 30 plus years as, as, as well. Now, some of that, I think, was based on getting Brexit done. I think some of it was actually based on voting for the man as well, for Johnson. Um, but as, it was based on the fact that we were going to come back to some more conservative values, I think, which is lower regulation, lower taxation for corporations and for people as well. And then we, we look to where we are. I think the election was, was 2019, the last time, so yeah. three, three years. And I'm not sure we've achieved any of those goals at all. You know, the corporation tax rises in there. We've got this kind of jiggery-pokery with, is it a tax cut we've got at the minute or is it actually a tax rise? If anybody wants to see how much it actually hits you in the pocket, the Treasury have produced a really useful little income tax guide, mm. uh, and you'd be shocked actually because that's some real nasty propaganda from the government as well. Mm. Where there's probably only about two million people are actually going to benefit mm-hmm. from a tax reduction 
at the minute when you add income tax and NI, yeah. you know, there's 30, 30 plus million people work in the UK. So actually there's more people as of Wednesday, wasn't it? Now paying more tax yeah. in reality yeah. as, a, as, a, as a, than, than, than not. That's not what this government were voted in for. That's not what a conservative mm. government is meant to stand for. Um, so going back to your question, Peter, sorry about business. Um, I welcome uh, uh, which Nadim's hopefully indicating toward. But what I'd also welcome is is Nadim and the rest of his team impressing upon Treasury and impressing upon regulation in my industry to actually do what they promised, which is to strip away mm-hmm. regulation, which is actually throttling our business. So mm-hmm. if you look at someone like Mark, who works in the investment side of things, Mark, Mark's Chief Executive of True Potential Investments, the amount of regulation, regulatory people yeah. you've had yeah. to add into your firm, regulatory costs mm-hmm. you've had to add in. And we're a rare exception at True Potential because what we haven't done is we haven't put those costs onto our clients. Now, normally that's what happens with regulation. You have to employ a new business prevention person to use a, a, a regulatory <laughs> mocking term. But I, I think some of them are. They're there to block things. They're there to actually stifle agility. There should always be regulation to keep the, the bodies in check. Um, but there shouldn't be so much regulation that it actually kills the innovation in a firm, which is something that's actually quite slowed us down. You know, Chris, you've been on the road with me. You've talked about adding new fund managers, we've talked about adding new product into mm-hmm. our true potential investments range, and we can't do it. Or we can do it, but we can't do it as yeah. quick as we should be able to do it. And that's not from a lack of want and will in this building. It's the amount of paperwork is, to use a Geordie term, enough to choke a donkey when it, when it, when it comes there. So that regulation... I'm a Geordie even now, I've not heard that one for a long time. For a long time. Choke a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> So, but there is this, this, this uh, choker donkey created by donkeys as well, which is a, kind of a bit of a scene somewhere which I could pen and put on the, put on the wall there um, from, from there. So I think what I welcome with, with anything coming up is some direction, some purpose. So we actually know where we're standing mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be huge leaps. It doesn't need to be a huge evolu- evolution overnight. Bit by bit, we just need to know are things getting yeah. better and what path are we on? Well, this goes to the point I was I was making before as well. If, if any of you saw um, Suella Braverman, who was the Attorney General, she was the first out of the blocks on Wednesday before Boris even announced yeah, he was going to say, yeah. say, I'm going to put my hat in the ring. Um, and she was asked what you know what she would stand for or what, what a priority would be. Mm. And the first three things she said was sort of tax cuts, smaller state and less regulation. Yeah. So, you know, we are going to get... That's the direction we're going to be going yeah. in. So, but, uh, yes, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I believe that when it comes from someone with a legal background. Sure, but I, I think <laughs> what I mean is, I guess all the candidates, because that's, you know, because of the process, you know, there's not just for anyone who doesn't understand yeah. it, there isn't going to be a general election to choose the new leader. It's party members. It's yes. the rank and file. It's the grassroots. So, you know, the, I think there's about a hundred thousand Tory members in the entire United Kingdom. So, you know, tax cuts, smaller states, less regulation. You'd be mad if you were one of them. I mean, one probably will just to be different, come up with something totally different on the off chance. But for them, in the main, if we're going to end up with, we're going to end up with two. But uh, you know, they might start off with say six, seven, eight candidates. I would imagine they're all going to be planted very firmly in that, yeah, in that territory. So, See, Peter, well, what we've got though is, is you've probably picked up from Dan's body language there. It's 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 been a time of broken promises. Yeah, and it, it they, they they have to deliver on what they say. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it turned from principle to populist. Mm-hmm. And it, when that happens, 
there's only one way it's going to go. Mm. And it's, it's, it's ended in the way inevitably mm-hmm. with a, a populist prime minister who's, who's gone. Um, and the, yeah. the, new, the new government have to, if they, if, they, if they want to stand a chance of helping, helping business and helping everybody in this country, they've got to stick to their principles. Mm. Let me be devil's advocate. Because it's not fun if we're all going to agree. Right? So let me just, let me just, uh, I mean, we've had a pandemic. You know, he came in in 2019 on promises of all yeah, things that Dan said. Yeah. And then the rug gets pulled no, underneath no, him I, and yeah, the entire world. I'm actually, do you cut him any slack for that? I yeah. do. Uh, I yeah. do, yeah. Um, you know, and you, people hear me rant and rave about him at the times in the building because I get frustrated about him because I think I read a great newspaper article yesterday. He's the only man to ever taken three prime ministers down, as Johnson. He took... Cameron down with Brexit, yep. he outmanoeuvred Theresa May in the end, and then he's eventually took himself Self-tune. down yeah. as, as, as well for these self-inflicted blunders. Yeah. And that's why I get so annoyed with him. But when you when you actually think think back, I, I've never been a personal fan of him because I think the blundering and the ruffled hair, I think it's all an act. I think there's a big brain with that gentleman within there. You don't... I know you could say you don't go to Eton and Oxford, but you could say, well, it's his parents' connection. But you don't go to places like that without having a big brain and, and being a bright fellow. So there's a lot more to him than meets the eye. And I think people are starting to see through that a little bit. But he got the majority. I think a lot of people didn't vote for their local MP. Mm. They voted for Boris Johnson. Yeah, They voted to get Brexit done. I think he was probably the only person who probably could have got Brexit done. Yeah, I agree. Um, because the, the previous you know, incumbents had just made a right mess of it. It was like a real grey you know, set of Conservatives there who probably didn't want it to happen as well, didn't want the will of the people, because, again, we've got to remember, it was a marginal majority, but a majority nonetheless. So he did deliver the Brexit side of things. I also think he was probably the only person who could have shoved the vaccination programme through as yeah. he as he did as well. well this is the thing, Dan, people say, or he his team would say, he gets the big calls right. So yeah. is there, if we're just trying to be fair for a second, just to be just to balance it off yeah. a little bit, he, you know, he, it's easy to remember in 2018, 19, what a stalemate this country yes, was in correct. on Brexit, going absolutely nowhere. So rightly or wrongly, you know, whether you like it or not, he unblocked that. You, you're right, what you say about the vaccine, you know, he rolled that out and it was, it was the, probably the... I'm not aware of a better rollout anywhere in the world. It's world first, and uh, yeah. I think yes. you know the best rollout. Yeah. There you go, and uh, and unlocked our country. I think from lockdowns yeah. faster than anyone else, certainly Indeed, in the yeah. EU, and, and so on and so forth. So, has big, you know, perhaps uh, achievements t- to his name. T- to your point, and where I completely agree, you know, the, the blustering and hair and everything else. Yeah, he's ended up tripping over his shoelaces. He hasn't. I don't think he's got a big call necessarily wrong yeah. it's been other people's it's been his, his integrity or just not people say he hasn't got an eye on the detail appointing people perhaps in places he shouldn't have done it's been that level of stuff it's that in the end death by a thousand cuts, Peter, and it's it's again we, we apologies seems like i'm hogging the, the limelight today um but again we talked about this three weeks ago when we were saying mm. about this general kind of mood or lack of optimism in the uk public at the moment and some of there's been a bit of fear factor, I think, where people are being locked in, locked out, and they're not quite sure mm-hmm. where you are. And I think it's actually, it's made people rattier. It's made people in a mm-hmm. worse mood, like shorter, which I think then starts to mean a, a Johnson type of character people have a lot less patience for. Yeah. Um, and then you get the sob stories, don't you, about like, you know, everybody knows somebody who knew somebody who's yeah. like... Budgie was dying in the cage at the same time as Johnson had his had his cake, mm-hmm. and, and and what have you. Now 
normally I think you normally would have got away with that, but this, mm. this death by a thousand cuts yeah. type of idea just seemed to do them. And again, another article I was reading said it's it's actually typical the thing that got Johnson in the end was a a sex scandal, but not one of his own making. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. is, is, we, we were talking well. about this yesterday, weren't we? Where you know it, it wasn't him involved in the yeah. sex scandal. Yeah. <laughs> he was actually quite far away from it. Yeah. But unfortunately, and because he lied about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, and also the, the parties. I mean, okay, there was that one in the when he got given a bit of cake, but you know nobody. Could, I don't think anyone believes he was having yeah. three o'clock in the morning parties. Not gonna, so you're right. Is, you know, you're right in what you say. It's yeah. it's other people have undone him, but yeah. it was his. He put them in the place where they could undo him. Yes, if you see what I mean. I agree. I think what annoys me is I think I think he did get the big calls mostly right. Mm. And I think he's put himself in a position whereby some very small things have then turned into massive mm-hmm. things. And that's been yeah. the kind of fall down of the Prime Minister overall. And I think for me that in some ways is a shame. But then I also think, you know, we do need a Prime Minister that is very forthright, who stands for something. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at what's happening in the UK right now, you know, you've obviously got very high inflation, you've got the kind of labour market unrest that we're seeing, the various different strikes that we're seeing. I think people are probably less tolerant for this kind of, you know, figure of fun. To, yeah, it's definitely uh, less tolerant, yeah. And, and I think that's yeah. also what you saw in markets a little bit as well. You know, you saw that little uplift yesterday when Boris said, right, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Normally you would expect currency markets to fall. Mm-hmm. But actually I think people were saying, well, okay, you know, it's, it's time for someone yeah. new. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll see what, what they stand for and what they can do overall. Well, it's quite, in, quite interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I, I switched question time on. I hadn't watched it for months, but I switched it on. I lasted 10 minutes. But it was in Newcastle. And um, the, the bit that I saw, the, the, the panel was squabbling amongst each other, as they've done for months and months and months. And there was two people who just said, for God's sake, will you stop your bickering and just get on with the job that you've got, Mm -hmm. which is to be an MP on either side Mm -hmm. and to be a government to run it. And I hope the rest of the politicians in this country learn from what's happened to Boris and they get back to doing the job that they're here to do. Mark, when was the last time you can remember when we had in in Britain a kind of, let Dara said, a boring, stable government just just running the country? Can you remember the last time? You can't. You can't argue that this has been stable at any point. No. Can't argue that Theresa May's was stable at any point. How far back have you got to go? I, th- I think Peter, probably if you go back to the to twenty fourteen fifteen before the Brexit referendum when yeah. Cameron was in charge. Um, and isn't that mad? Because that was a coalition. I, that was the yeah, most crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, in only we've only had kind of one in probably all of our lifetimes where there was yep. not one single party running and, and yet that's been the most stable any of us can remember yeah, yeah, in recent yeah. times anyway. and then that erupted and david cameron yeah. ra- ran away yeah mm-hmm. i mean it, it's obviously a dramatic week when you lose a prime minister or you're about to lose one but you also lose a chancellor as well so we'll talk about the new chancellor in a second dan but but again as a business leader and, and somebody who uh you know has a, has a has an interest in these things what's your views on the outgoing chancellor on rishi Sumer? well it's it, it's it's not just the outgoing chancellor; it, it, it's it's the outgoing team, full full stop, Peter. But you're you're quite right to concentrate on on the outgoing chancellor, um, first or second out the door, out the trap, uh, so to speak. On on Tuesday, I don't know who, who got it got it in first because unlike the cabinet that day, we were actually at work and yeah. working, you know. Yeah. But, um, but I think. What was really disappointing is at first was a statement where he was saying with good conscience he can't represent somebody like Johnson anymore and you feel like saying 
get away. You know, you you knew the type of man you were working with. Uh, he's he's never changed. Mm-hmm. For, not just when he was prime minister. It seems like Boris has always been consistently Boris uh, throughout it. So you feel like saying this feels you're just trying to save your own skin here um, in in a very bad fashion. But he should also look in the mirror as well, I think, and and look at his own achievements as Chancellor. Um, Yes, the leader should always have to take some hit for it, but the Chancellor has has actually saw an economy which is in worst shape, if we're just to look at some key metrics there. The markets are more volatile than they've ever been before. Um, Inflation is up to, you know, not quite record highs, but certainly record highs in our thinking, in our memory. Interest rates are on the way up. We've got this labour problem, which, 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 which Chris is talking about. And as I mentioned before, and taxes are up for the majority of people. Yeah, highest burden of tax yeah. ever, I think, uh, on record um, in yeah. recent times. And, you know, I don't have time for someone who says, oh, well, you know, taxes have to go up because how do you think we're going to pay for this pandemic? Well, did you not think of that when you like, opened up the money? and just sort of printing cash everywhere, which is actually incidentally led to the inflation rate going up as well. So just like a real lack of foresight, which is, A, I've just helped trash the economy mm. via printing money like it's going out of fashion, but B, now we've got to pay for it. And instead of just actually doing what a normal, conservative, frugal chancellor would do, which is let's stretch that out over 100 years. You know, so incidentally, I can't remember the exact date. Not that long ago, with only finally finished paying for World War Two mm-hmm. debt, by the way, thanks to the Americans um, yeah. as well. But why didn't we just treat COVID as that as well? Like as a, as it was described by Johnson and the rest as a war, mm-hmm. as a battle, you know, and things like that. We should just stretch it out over a hundred years and pay for it that way. Um, it wouldn't cost us much, much yeah. more at all. So he did that. He oversaw what I thought was a ridiculous scheme, the eat out, the help out scheme. Yeah. Which actually just benefited a lot of really greedy people, but actually also <laughs> oversaw lockdown too, mm. incidentally, because all the greedy people came rushing out, ate everything, coughed on everybody, and got, got in a bad second lockdown <laughs> as well. So, like, a lot of self inflicted own goals. And if he thinks he's got away with it, he certainly hasn't, because, like, when it comes to like leadership things, I don't think he's got a cat in hell's chance. Or rotten hell's chance to use <laughs> some some of the some of the term used oh, for him. On fire. Don't with a donkey's rats. Just call me Noah. Yeah. <laughs> the snakes will be coming out soon. That's right. right. Um, yeah, I can't think of a good one line. So I'm going to move on. Um, well, let's move on to the new chancellor, Nadim Zahawi. Yes, uh, he's you know one of the front runners actually for the uh, to be the new PM. But you've met him because he, he, he came to Newcastle when he was education secretary. I think we've had three since then. Um, I've lost count. I don't even know where one is. But anyway, um, he came to the Harrison Centre that we, you've yeah. opened last month at, with, in partnership with Newcastle United Foundation. And you opened it, but he opened it with you. Uh, he so, did. I mean, you know, you've probably only spoken for a couple of minutes, but you've certainly had more time than, than any, of you, any of we have. What's your impressions? The impressions were he seemed a very sensible, very forthright individual. He seemed... Interested in education, as you'd hope he would, by the way, as, 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 what, as what his role was at the time. But he was actually, in the, what the Harrison Centre is doing at the Newcastle United Foundation is it's, it's teaching youngsters coding skills. Um, and coding skills predominantly for, for computer games. But what Nadine was saying with myself and I was agreeing with is, importantly, what we're doing is we're teaching kids logic, mm. which is what development's all about. It's, it's basically, it's like learning another language. It's combining a language with mathematics. So it's very 
structured learning. And what he was liking about that is he says, well, even if you don't get in to a computer game type of thing, which is a very niche industry, mm-hmm. importantly, you've learned development skills, technology skills, yeah. where you can actually springboard into films like True Potential, for instance, or, or other. So, so he got that yeah. straight away. What I also like, obviously, about him, and I'm not saying he's my choice or not, I don't have a, a, a preference, is he oversaw the vaccination programme yes. as well and, and seemed to do a darn good job of it as, as, as well. So mm-hmm. there's an individual who seems very methodical, very very straight, um, and has actually got a bit of success, which unlike some other members of the And, and has had a career before politics and has had a career in business before politics. Yes, which so I think is important. Uh, maybe is, um, uh, maybe yeah. And I think some of this... Incidents which you're seeing in government at the minute, not just the Conservative government, but you know, there's other governments, other, other parties may apply as well. Yeah. The ones who seem to get themselves in the biggest amount of bother are those who've been lifers in terms of yeah. politicians. Um, you, know, you go back to what you know, MPs used to be. I, I think it used to be a prerequisite, didn't it? You couldn't be an MP till you were 40 or 50, and you've had to have had a career first. So, there's tended to be people who come out of professions. Um, and then do some public service versus someone who's went to a posh school, went to a posh university, became a member of the debate in society. Like, oh, I agree with that. And then all of a sudden you get catapulted into some, you know, um, you know, party side of things. And you've never experienced the real world. And I know that was all Sunak's kind of thing. Oh, well, I've been in the real world. Mm-hmm. But then when actually you dig into his past now, you think, you haven't really ever been the real world. Have you? No. In the real world. No. no. <laughs> Let's uh, just want to bring Mark and Chris in as well. Um, I mean, look, we've talked around the, the kind of churn, if you like, of what's been going on this week. But I just want to look forward, if we can, uh, maybe to the next few months. And, and given our given our, our viewers and listeners, uh, but crucially, clients, um, some positivity. I mean, what can you point to over the next few months that you think would, would perhaps reassure uh, clients watching and listening to this, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think there's quite a few things out there. Now, when we look at the the key sort of data points metrics that that we look at, so firstly, there's there's full employment. You know, unemployment mm-hmm. in the, the developed world is exceptionally low. Um, if you look, I, I've got a, a stat, a pretty incredible stat actually, which is um, in the US, for every person right now who is looking for a job, there are two job openings for them. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? It means people are employed. If they want a job, there's a job there for them. Means that they're earning money, which is all really, really positive. I think from a company side, actually, if you look at companies' balance sheets, they're generally pretty strong. So what you've seen is companies manage to refinance their debt when interest rates were very low. Mm-hmm. So it means that the cost of servicing that debt right now is very low. Obviously, interest rates are higher now, but you've seen a lot of companies what you call term out debt. So basically, move that debt over a longer time period. So basically, the the cost of financing has been pretty low, which is great. You've seen company earnings have been pretty robust, even with high inflation. Companies at the moment have still been able to pass on higher costs to the consumer. The consumer's earning more. You know, there's a lot of wage rises that are going through at the moment. So the consumer's better able to deal with inflation overall. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing, I guess, maybe this is a bit more region specific, but just what's happening in China. Yeah. So China's doing the opposite of what the developed world's doing. So China's stimulating the economy. So China's put through things like tax cuts, uh, tax rebates, they're helping individual companies. So in that sense, I mean, you've actually seen China's stock market up, what, 7% over the last five weeks. 
So again, booking the trend from what you've seen of, of global markets overall. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think there's, there's a lot to be positive about when we look mm-hmm. forward. I think it's always really easy to get bogged down by, you know, what's happening very close to home and you know maybe what's happening people thinking about the cost of living crisis stuff like that but again remember you're invested globally overall the reason why we have diversification is so you don't get bogged down by what's happening within one region with one one asset class and for me there's a lot of opportunity out there within asset classes Mm -hmm. you know particularly within fixed income right now uh, so within bonds you're seeing yields are so much high. You're seeing a lot of our managers taking advantage of that as well. So for me, it's a really interesting time. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mark, well, just to come to you, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to get... The good news is whatever comes the next couple of weeks and months might be a bit bumpy while we go through this beauty parade, but what, what comes out of it should be more stability. Uh, well, that's right, Peter. Stability is what markets look for. And it's interesting just listening to what Chris was saying there, mm-hmm. that the, 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 the optimism for the markets and for the investment side of it he didn't mention UK or Boris in that at all, mm-hmm. you know. So that 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 comes back to the very start. How yeah. how is this um, being reflected in in global markets? Well, not at all, because it doesn't really matter yeah. what's happening in the UK at the moment or, or what will happen in two to three months' time. The markets will continue to to operate. There will they, they, there's early signs that inflation could be slowing. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's it's peaked yet, but the the increase. Yeah. Is, is getting smaller. Mm-hmm. That came out in Germany last week. It would be interesting to see how the figures across the rest of the, the world uh, pan out when they're released. So there is optimism out there, Peter, and we've always got to grab that optimism. And we've got to grab the opportunity as well that's presented. Yeah. And to, to link it back to what we were saying earlier, there's an opportunity for a new cabinet. There's an opportunity for a new prime minister to come in. Mm-hmm. And, and we've really, really got to be careful with this because we've had fund managers come in in the past and they've expressed personal political opinions. And right at that point, you begin to think, hang on a minute here. I don't really want to hear about your personal opinion. I want you to act impartially mm. for me, for an inv- for our investors, mm. and and do what what's best for everybody mm. when it comes to that. And that's the job we've got to take. Yeah. Yes, we've got thoughts, we've got views, and occasionally they they they, they come out in the in these podcasts. <laughs> but occasionally. just occasionally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But really, we've got to we've got to be impartial, Peter, and yeah. we've got to act on behalf of clients. Yeah. And that starts with information, yeah. and it starts with looking at what's happening, yeah. what what's going on in the world, talking to our investment partners, and plan for the future. Yeah. And that's exactly what Chris and the rest of the <coughs> team are going yeah. to do. Well said. Um, not going to finish by asking you who you want to be the next leader, because I know that's an impossible question. Um, but I will I will finish by asking you to pick a name out of the hat purely as a Purely so in a few weeks' time we can come back and go, well, you've got it right what you did. So just pick a name from a runner and rider you've heard of. I'm going to pick my friend Nadim. Nadim, okay. Yeah. Do I have to pick a different one? Yes. Yeah. The hat, well, well, well the, sweep, the sweep wouldn't work if you didn't pick a different one. That's a one, very good so. point, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so my cycling friend, Rishi Suna. Right, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'll never get a NATO to be Just be nasty to him, man. Next time you go uh, yeah. cycling in the, in the cycling and you see him next to you, will be having a little word about it. Can you just tell that bloke with the blue tie? Yeah. Just say, <laughs> just say Dan didn't mean it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you were good last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Outsider, Tom Tugendhat. Tom Tugendhat, well, there you go. Let's see. Peter, you might um, Who do I think? Oh. Um, well, on the basis that we're just picking anyone who's currently declared, um, I'm going to go for Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. 
What's yeah. the prize, Peter? The prize is you get true potential gilo. Yes, that's it. Yes, Graham, come back. Actually, no, don't bother. Right there, you go. So. Thank you to our, 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 our cabinet ministers today. And uh, see, if we'd done this podcast on Wednesday, there probably would have been about 14 resignations while we've been doing it. So uh, hopefully no such silliness has gone on while we've been doing it Let's today. Let's mark resigns after this. And, has anyone got a letter of uh, no confidence or no competence they want to put in? Oh, bigger, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Not in me. <laughs> um, what's been good, I think, about it is, you know, you, there's a, obviously a lot's gone on this week. And... In, in, in what will be different to what else you'll have seen this week. We're not here to give you the hyperbole and uh, we're all going to hand a hand cards like, like the mainstream media was. That's not our job. We've just given you some honest opinions, some frank opinion, the facts. But crucially, what Mark and, and Daniel and Chris have done is give you some positivity, some reasons to be uh, optimistic amongst the madness. So uh, for that kind of information, just cutting to the facts without the, without the, the noise, let's call it that, all you've got to do is hit subscribe, hit that red button, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you're interested in taking your investing to the next level or would like to know more about the options available to you when you retire, then download our free guides to ICES and pensions. These are available in the video description below.